0: Hey, welcome to the Fusion ATL podcast. This is Pastor Vance. If you're not familiar with Fusion, we are the Young Adult Ministry for Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia. We meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fusion ATL. I hope you enjoy this message, and we look forward to seeing you soon. What's up, Fusion? <laughs> Ooh, got a different little setup today. How you guys feeling? That's it. Y'all still tired from the weekend? Well, wake up. How y'all feeling? There we go. God is good, man. See, y'all know it all the time. See, wake it right up. Did you guys, uh, who was here for the Easter service here at Victory? Man, that was amazing. Did anybody go to Midtown? Okay, did y'all see your boy Erskine? down there with the goggles on like this. Is there a video? Can they go back and see it? Okay, not yet, not yet, but soon you guys will be able to see it. I'm excited, man. Easter was amazing. Uh, We just came out of our reveal series here at Fusion, and last week's message, we were talking about much of what Easter was about, much of Uh, the crucifixion, the trials of Jesus, the sentencing, crucifixion, and resurrection. Did anybody enjoy last week's message? We learned some things. I learned some things while I was studying. But tonight, tonight we're starting a new series. And I'm really excited about it because this is actually a series I've been wanting to do for a long time. This has been on my mind since before the year started. And I wanted to do this, but I knew we had to lay the foundation for it. Before we could get to this series, We had to really understand what the foundation of this all is. So we talked about in Firestarter, we talked about God starting a fire in your life. In the Thirst is Real series, we were talking about just our need for God and how he has to be our source. And then in Reveal, we were talking about the truth and how we have to pursue the truth, how we have to preserve the truth, and how we have to share the truth. But today, today... We're gonna talk about something that I feel like is a little bit more fun to talk about because how many of you guys know we like to talk about ourselves? All right, I guess you guys don't feel that way. Well, let, let me tell you, you like to talk about yourself. Whether you realize it or not, you actually do enjoy talking about yourself. And that's why you, you know, enjoy messages because you feel like, oh my gosh, this applies to me so much. I feel like I'm just hearing about myself in the message. That's when you enjoy a message, right? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to admit it. You know we're here to focus on Jesus, but Jesus is also here to take care of us. And so we're going to talk about something that he does in our lives today. We're going to talk about the construction project that all of our lives happen to be. The definition of under construction is a building, a structure, or a project that is unfinished, but is actively being worked on. How many of you guys know you are unfinished? Life is not over yet. But when you're walking with Jesus, you are actively being worked on. Now, the reason that I wanted to share this message with all of us is because as young adults, we struggle with Process. We struggle with process. We like results. We have goals. We got destinations. But the process, we struggle with this. But it's so important because God is a God of process, God is a builder. Maybe you didn't know that. Did you guys realize that when Jesus came, his earthly profession? He was a builder. He didn't choose that just haphazardly or randomly. He was giving a picture of who he is and what he's about, how God operates. He builds. God is always in the process of developing and building and constructing something. That's why he says, behold, I do a new thing. I'm doing something new. God is not stuck on the past. God has had plans for the future, and he's been building and developing for all of eternity. He's developing, he's building. Everything's under construction and you, each and every one of you and myself, you are under construction. God is a builder. And what I want to talk about tonight is our role in this, how we have to trust the process. That is the title of tonight's message. Can we say trust the process? Trust the process. Trust the process. You guys didn't repeat it the second time, but it's okay. Some of you guys did. Some of you guys trusted the process of repeating that. How many of you guys feel like you are in a process right now? Yep, everybody. Everybody's in a process. God is doing something in your life. The process can be painful. It can be amazing. It can be disappointing, but it can be pleasant. It has a lot of different emotions tied to it. There are ups. There are downs. But we have to trust the process. Why? Because God is a master builder. God knows what he's doing in your life. But how? How do you trust him? Because maybe, maybe this isn't hitting for some of you yet because you don't realize just how deep this goes in your life. Every single day you are going through a process. No matter what stage of life you're in, whether you're single, married, whether you're in college, whether you're working, whatever it is, no matter where you are, if you are alive, you are going through a process. Now, when you are walking with Jesus, you are going through an important process, and that's the different thing. God is constructing something in your life. How many of you guys want to have something good to show for your life, right? God wants something good to show for your life, but it's a process. So many of us get caught up in the the end result and we're competing for our life to look a certain way. But when we understand how God operates, we will learn to trust him and our perspective will be shifted. That's really the goal of all this is I want to tell you guys to stop always looking for your circumstances to change and look for the change in perspective that God wants to give you in the midst of your circumstances. So many of us are looking for something to change and we don't realize that God is trying to change us. Your circumstances are not always going to change immediately but you know what can change very quickly? perspective. That's what I get when reading the Bible, is when I open my Bible, nine times out of ten, nothing in my immediate life, physical life, is going to change by what I read. But how I look at what's going on in my life will change. And God wants to realign our perspective and remind us that he's building something. So how do you trust? We'll start with 1 Peter. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Humble yourselves, humble yourselves. That is the heart behind trusting the process. Trusting the process requires humility. We see it all throughout scripture. There's a bunch of scriptures that say humble yourself and how God looks on humility. God is the builder. You humble yourself under his mighty hand by trusting his ability to build. That's what that looks like. You humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time you humble yourself under his mighty hand by saying, God, you know what you're doing. You know how to build stuff. You know how to create stuff. I understand that you didn't create me just to leave me out here. You didn't create me just to abandon me in the middle of it. The scripture also says that he who began a good work in you is faithful to see it through to completion. Scripture also calls Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. When he starts something, he's going to finish it, but it's a process. And we have to trust the process. We struggle with this so much though. So many of us try to circumvent the process. I've done that plenty of times. So there's a couple ways you can go about life. You can either try to fight the process or you can trust the process, but the process is going to happen either way. And that process can sometimes take longer the longer you fight against it. But the process is good. So I got got a couple images to bring this to life. We live in a world that is constantly competing to look like this. Boom. Oh man, we wanna look like this. Just nice crib, shiny pool, got the jacuzzi, got the little lights on the steps going down to the pool. It's lit. The light bill is crazy, but you can afford it. they leave leaving all the lights on all night. They're not worried about it. They can afford it. For real. That's something that a, a very wealthy person I know, he has a really, really big house and he's like, man, everybody wants a big house. Nobody wants to pay big house bills. It's a process. You, 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 can, you can buy the house. But you got to maintain it. And so what God wants to do in your life is, is he wants to take you somewhere, but he wants to take you somewhere that you can actually sustain. You're not ready for the multi-thousand dollar light bills. You might not want that. And God is like, I know you keep saying that you want this, but you don't even realize what that comes with. You don't realize you're going to be spending $500 a month to cut the grass. Trying to get over here. Stay, stay right here, you're good. You don't want them lawn bills. You know how much that water bill is? Can we put that picture back up? Please. Y'all be mad about the water bill in your apartment. Look at that. Clean water in the jacuzzi. You know, jacuzzis. Jacuzzis, they got to be heated up. You know, the jacuzzis, you got the pumps going, hey man, that's electricity. It's a process, man. And so, we live in a world that's competing to look like this and they feel like if you don't look like this, then you must look like this next image. Broke! Everybody feels like you either look like the first one and everybody's scrambling to look like that or you look like this. This is an abandoned house. I'm not going to say to the city that it's in because, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but, you know, (laughs) the city is irrelevant. This is somewhere in America, okay? It's an abandoned house, and people feel like if they're not striving, you can feel like that. You feel like if you're not striving to look like the first image, you out here looking like this. But in reality, humility says I'm a work in progress. That's wisdom and you understand that you really look like this next image. You don't look like an abandoned house. You look like this right here. (laughs) See, see, somebody was like, "Uh ah, no, right? You don't want that, right? You can't even see it, but it's the beginning. It's hidden behind a fence. The person who's building it hasn't exposed everything yet. Some of you guys are so anxious For your giftings, what God's kind of trying to create and cultivate in you to be exposed. And God just has it hidden behind because he's still laying foundation. He's still building. But you're so anxious for your life to look like the first image that you look at this and be like, no, I don't want that. You don't want a house then. That's where it has to start. You can't have the first image without starting here. But this is what we struggle with. As young adults, we don't want the process. We want that first image. How does it get there? It had to start like that. It's under construction. But so many of us, we, it takes humility to be okay with that. Humility says, yo, I'm not finished yet. I'm a work in progress. Not everything in my life is figured out yet. You're a young adult. If you're in here, let me tell you, you are under construction. Every single person in here is under construction. Even the ones who, man, you might have a great job. You feel like you got some security, you know what I mean? And you're you building, but you, even in your most successful state, you still look like this last picture. You feel like you look like the first image. You look like this, though. Just a little bit more built up. And you got a little framework on you, but this is not a bad thing. This is being built. Being under construction means you're unfinished but actively being worked on. God is actively working on you. It's okay that your life does not look like a mansion yet. It's okay that you haven't had all the breakthroughs that you're looking for yet. It's okay that you haven't had all of what you're looking for yet because it's a process. God is building something. You are under construction So humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, so that in due time, he can exalt you. He can lift you up in due time. But some of y'all hear due time and it's like, oh, sounds like a cuss word. Due time. We hate that. We want instant. We want Instagram. Because you could just create whatever on there. You could, hey, my life looks lit. Look, boom, 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 boom. Take some pictures in front of somebody else's car. Like, and we lit. And nobody asks questions. It's just, I guess that's his car. And you can build this image of your life when really your life looks like a construction site. But it's okay. My life looks like a construction site. My life has looked like a real construction site. For real, for real, up until being here. Just straight up, what's going on? <laughs> it looks like there's a lot of potential there. It looks like something's happening, but what is happening? So I this message resonates with me so much because people people look at, you know, even this right here, you know, being the pastor here, people will look at that and think that, you know, they don't understand the process that God takes us through to place us in positions like this to sustain this because some of you guys on your bad weeks don't even want to show up to listen. How do you think I feel? I have rough times and I'm up here. I'm, I, you, some of y'all, y'all don't want to read two scriptures. I'm studying for messages trying to help you guys out because, and I get, and I have the honor of doing that. But my my posture has to stay in the right position. I have to stay humble. I have to to continuously see my need for God. And update, newsflash, in case you didn't know, the higher you get, the higher God takes you, the more you will see your need for him. Because you need that. Where God is taking you, you are going to see your need for him, and that will keep you humble. This was Peter saying humble yourselves under God's mighty hand. This was Peter who walked side by side with Jesus. This is Peter who walked on water with Jesus. This is Peter who walked by somebody and his shadow healed him. This is Peter saying, humble yourself under God's mighty hand. And in due time, he will exalt you because this is still the same Peter who denied Jesus three times. This is the same Peter who Jesus was saying that he was going to have to be crucified and would resurrect. And Peter, he said, no, that will absolutely not happen. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You don't know what you're talking about. So this is Peter who's like, oh, I know what it's like to be humble. (laughs) When Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, to you? That's humbling, Mr. Disciple Apostle. So he says, humble yourself under God's mighty hand so that in due time, he will exalt you. Peter's original name was Simon, which I've heard different translations of the name. Some people said it it meant pebble. Some people said it meant like weak and wavery and leaf. Regardless of what it is, we get the point, is not impressive, but Jesus called him Peter, which means rock. And he said, on this rock, I will build my church. So God is looking at you in your situation where you might be weak, where you might be flaky, where you might be in and out, where you might be just a little pebble right now. But he's calling you Peter because he's building something in you. He knew that years later, Peter was going to be the first person to proclaim the gospel and start the first church. He knew that Peter was going to walk by somebody and his shadow was going to heal him. He saw that early on, but he was building something. That did not happen right away. When Jesus was walking in his earthly ministry, Peter was right there. But Peter wasn't anything impressive. Peter had issues with obedience. Jesus had been teaching him for years. Peter side by side with Jesus. And when they come to arrest Jesus, Peter draws his sword... Tries to chop a dude. Nobody, either Peter was extremely accurate with a sword to chop somebody's ear off, or he was going for the head (laughs) and the dude moved. Or he was just terrible at aiming, like trying to chop the head off, but just gets the ear. But he wasn't supposed to be doing any of that. And Jesus is like, bro, you still don't get it? (sighs) He picks up the ear, puts it back on the dude. It's just crazy. But he was still calling him Peter at that time. He was calling him Rock at that time. Why? Because he was building something in Peter. God is building something in you. God sees the finished product way before you do, but that's not going to make him skip the process. So there is a process that you have to go through in life, and humility is going to be foundational for you. If you do not have humility, you are not going to experience the lifting up that God wants for you. Any exaltation that you're looking to see in life, that just means lifting up. We all want some some sort of prominence, some sort of significance. We wanna feel like we're making a difference. And God wants you to as well, but he wants you to humble yourself first so that he can lift you up. He's not saying work so that you can lift yourself up. Keep grinding so that you can lift yourself up. Don't sleep so that you can lift yourself up. Keep listening to motivational videos so that you can lift yourself up. He's saying, humble yourself under his mighty hand, the builder, and he'll lift you up in due time. So how do you humble yourself? What does this look like in our lives? Well, I think Jesus did a great job of modeling it for us. So point one, how to humble yourself, empty yourself. In Philippians 2.5, says, have this mind among yourselves, meaning have this mindset, have this thought process, have this mentality among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. This is God himself emptying himself of his divinity, of his power, of his glory, and taking on the form, taking on human flesh, taking on our frailty, our flaws. That's humility. He emptied himself. So what does that look like for you? Well, I empty myself by releasing my expectations Forfeiting my own blueprint, my own advice, and trusting the builder. I've had a lot of experience with this because I'm somebody who likes to create plans. I always have goals. I'm always working towards something. And so this is something that has challenged me greatly in life. Is forfeiting my own expectations. And for me, this had to happen through God taking me through this process, even though I was fighting against it. I told you guys, you know, a long time ago. Well, I've told you guys plenty of times that a long time ago, uh, working in college, working towards a music career, I was mapping it out. Like a lot of people say they did music. I like really, like was really doing music, like really putting in the work, mapping out everything, booking tours for myself. Let me, look, let me, let me put y'all on game real quick. So one of the ways that I actually uh, finessed myself into going on a tour, right? I put together a, a great presentation, a great packet. My music was actually good. I, I invested in, you know, the quality and all that stuff. And so my music was pretty good. I'm not, you know, but, you know, hey, you know, in, you know, in due time, in due time. Trust the process, you feel me. So, man, I put together, you know this presentation. It's called a press kit, if you know, any of you guys know what that is. But you know, I, I would reach out to um, colleges when homecoming season was coming around. Every college normally does like a homecoming concert. So, hey, you know, I'm uh, representing uh, Vance Smith. <laughs> so you guys are having this uh, homecoming concert. He's going to be in the area. Uh, performing at a school nearby. Wanted to know if you guys wanted to get on uh, as part of the tour. And uh, here's the fee. And sent over the press kit. Normally the people who were putting together the, uh, the concerts were like the older ladies running stuff. So they didn't know who was hot and who was not. And so I put together a tour for myself and I got paid. So what I'm saying is, this is somebody who, when I want to, take things into my own hands, I will take things all the way into my own hands. And so releasing that is a challenge for me. So God, legit, I I was gonna say God had to wrestle with me, but God doesn't really wrestle. God is just like, and I'm more so trying to wrestle with him, like, ah, he's like. (laughs) And so... I would constantly wrestle with the process. I told you guys before, my whole thing was I felt like if I just submitted to God's plan, he was going to have me doing something that made him happy, but didn't make me happy. And so I was really, and I wasn't admitting that fully to myself, because if I admitted that to myself, that would sound crazy. And so what we'll do is we'll just suppress thoughts like that, and then we'll just start working towards something. And then we'll find a way to make it sound good as we're doing it and make it sound like it's gonna glorify God and it's, it's all this good stuff. But at the, at the heart of it, you're trying to create something for yourself and you're trying to take on the building. And so for me, I was trying to take on the building process and, and make it work for myself. And so working and working and working and working and long story short, ended up signing this deal that went south and it turned out bad. I'm trying to make a long story short. I ended up, that's when I ended up like really getting saved. I came here to victory, rededicated my life and started like following Jesus. And I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna just pursue Jesus right now. And I was doing that for, you know, probably like, it's like six months before I moved out there. So I, this was very difficult for me. As I was, as I told you guys, I was very into like making things happen for myself. So the idea of getting a job was like disgusting to me. (laughs) Work for somebody else, no thank you. I'd rather make this thing happen. And my pride made me feel like I could. And so all I cared about was achieving my dream, my purpose, achieving success, and so God had to start breaking that down. And so I was super like anti-9 to 5. Fast forward, things didn't work out. I ended up uh, working at AT&T, selling cell phones. Shout out. It's a good company. It was challenging for me, though. After like setting up these tours for myself and getting this deal and, like feeling like the man and all that stuff to then be sitting in orientation at AT&T. Like, okay, this is not how I expected things to be. I ended up uh, actually, I actually ended up being like the little uh, winning. I got voted as like kind of like the VIP in my class, my training class. They gave me a free Fitbit. (laughs) So that was cool. But you go from like really wanting to be the man and then like you're just like sitting in orientation. I had to put on like button downs with the AT&T logo on it. And I'm like, yo, I can't even wear what I want to wear. I got to wear these blue button downs and white button downs. Ugh. All right. But, man, that started, like, really humbling me because I was fighting against that. I didn't want people who would, like, see me doing my thing now coming in AT&T and buying an iPhone from me. <laughs> like, that was humbling. Right? So after that, I get uh, invited to work for my best friend's uncle. He starts training us to take over this business, and I'm back on it. Oh, it's about to be lit. About to be the man. And I, I realize this in hindsight. Hindsight's 2020. You don't realize it when it's happening that I was just getting full of myself again. And I just started feeling better than everybody. And so, like, I just started buying suits and, like, you know, just trying to be the man. And so fast forward like two years, I told you guys the story. Uh, God was just showing me that that lifestyle that I was being trained to live did not match up with where he was taking me. And so I walked away from that. That was millions of dollars that I walked away from and, and moved back to Atlanta and was like, okay, God, what do I do now? And I had been getting certified to be a personal trainer on the side, like just for fun. I never planned on working in a gym. I never planned. I've always been very entrepreneurial. And so it's been a long running theme throughout my life of not wanting to work for anybody. Some of you guys can probably relate to that. Maybe some of you guys can't, but I'd imagine that most of you can. As millennials, we don't like working for people. So, because we don't like process. (laughs) So, for me, walking away from that, I'm like, all right, God, what do I do now? So I started personal training on my own, right? Why? People were trying to advise me, AKA my sister tried to advise me. She's sitting right there. Uh, My mom tried to advise me, go get a job at a gym. No. Let me tell you why I'm not gonna get a job at a gym because people have been seeing me be the man, all right? Out here doing my thing, running this business, traveling. You see these suits? Then they're going to walk up in the gym and see me working there, and they're going to be like, what happened, bro? So, no, not getting a job at a gym. No, thank you. And so, I'm like, yo, I can make this happen. I can do this on my own. I started reaching out, uh, you know, building up clientele. I'm like, all right. You know, I'm, my, this was in, like, September, October. I was like, yo, my books are full for the next three months. And, uh, you know, but I'm, but I'm starting, you know, in January. You know, it's going to be lit. And so I just built up like a waiting list, right? And I'm like, yo, it's about to go crazy. January comes around. My books are going to be full. Schedule's full. It's lit. January comes around. Everybody flaked. And I'm like, "Ah." Oh. So then I had to uh, start calling around again. See if anybody's hiring. And uh, go, I got a temp job. And then, I'm not going to tell y'all where, (laughs) I got a temp job, and then uh, after that, I got offered, I had two job offers to work at gyms, and I'm like, you know, I don't want to work at a gym. But this one over here is offering a higher salary, benefits, like all this stuff. This one over here is offering flexibility, if I wanted to, because I've, I've still felt entrepreneurial this whole time. And the underlying thing for me is I've felt like God has wanted me to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't always trust the process. And so I'm seeing the first image, the mansion, and being like, oh, God wants me to have that. It's about to be lit. And I'm not understanding the process that God wants to take me through. Like, yo, you can start with a job, I would just not accept that. And so, finally, I'm like, all right, I guess I have to get a job. In the the midst of this, I had met Gabrielle, who we about to get married in June. In the midst of this, I had met her, and so I'm like struggling, like, yo, if you would have, if we would have been dating last year, it would have been lit. (laughs) Like, I was the man last year. Now, I was struggling. So I'm like, all right, I've known I wanted to marry her from like the jump. So I was like, all right, I'm trying to marry this girl like the second week. And so <laughs> not joking. So <laughs> I'm like, all right, I need to go ahead and just get things rolling. And so all right, I'm gonna I'm go ahead and get a job. And so I got the temp job, and then I get offered. I had these two job offers at at gyms, and one, I'm like, all right, God, this would actually allow me to still do the stuff that I feel like you're calling me to do entrepreneurially, if that's a word. And, but what if I'm tripping? I, I had this like moment of just like, God, this has been crazy for the past few years, and I've had this vision of like, being an entrepreneur, and using all these giftings that you've given me, and I'm about to make a real life decision between like a job that would set me up with some stability but I I don't wanna do, and then over here, a job that doesn't have quite as much stability but I'll be able to make it, and I'll still have the flexibility to do what I feel like you're calling me to do. And so I prayed, I was just like, God, I'm just tired of this, I really need an answer, I kid you not, this is not going to happen every time you open your Bible. It's not going to be every time you ask God a question, you open the Bible and you see it immediately. That doesn't always happen, but it happened this time. I'm like, God, I need an answer. I open the Bible. Plop. Okay. What's going on over here? I remember it. It was in this area of the page. <laughs> Jesus heals two blind men. I'm like, not blind. Okay. But, and I don't feel like I need healing right now, but. what are you about to say? So I'm reading the story, and in short, the two blind men say, Jesus, we want you to heal us. And he's like, do you believe I can do this for you? And they said, yes. He said, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. I said, oh, okay. So if I believe you can do this for me, and this is in your will, and I believe you want to do this for me, then according to my faith, let it be done unto me. Wow, still not satisfied, (laughs) sounds good, but I've been broke out here. And I'm not trying to challenge you, but I just feel like I just need to know. And so I'm like, I need to know if this is what you're really saying, like for real, for real, because this is the English anyway. So like you didn't say it in English. So what did you really say? And so I looked up the original translation, and he said, according to your, and it's this word, pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. It's a Greek word. I'll never forget it. It says, according to your pistis, let it be done unto you. I said, what does that mean? So I went and looked it up, and it's a faith that cannot be created by the human will. It's a faith that's been deposited in you. So what he was saying to those blind men is, you believe that I can do this because I want you to believe it. It's a a faith that steers you towards where God's trying to take you. It's a faith that pushes you in the direction that he wants you to go. So it's not something you just came up with. It's a faith that's been dropped in you. So you believe that you can do this and you believe that I'm leading you to do this because I am and because I want you to. You gotta trust the process. So for me, When I say trust the process and this means something to me, it's because this is what I've had to live out to really be like, okay, so I'm about to go take this job where I know I'm not gonna be making the kind of money that I wanna make. I'm not gonna be making enough in my eyes and I'm gonna do this on the faith that you're leading me to do this because this is the direction that you want me to go and I trust that you know what you're doing. I trust that you're a good builder, and I'm going to trust the process. I had to do that by emptying myself and being like, you know what? Fighting against all this, I've tried making my own plans. I've tried having my own vision. I've tried building my own picture of success and what my life should look like. And you know what? It doesn't work. And so I'm just going to empty myself. And then number two is you obey God. You empty yourself and then you obey God. It says, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So this scripture is saying, have this mind, have this mindset, have the mindset of Jesus Christ who Though he was in the form of God, didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. He didn't view his status even as God, as something to be scratching for and grasping for. He came to do a mission, and he was submitted to the person who sent him. He came to build something, and he was submitted to the builder. And so he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and then being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He was so, he was obedient his entire life. Jesus, from the time he showed up to the time that he left and ascended to heaven, he was obedient to everything God wanted to do, even to the point of dying, even dying on a cross. And I'm over here like, I don't want to take this job. And Jesus was obedient even to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient. It says that he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. But that was the way he humbled himself. He just obeyed what God said says he emptied himself of all his stuff. So all of your plans, all of your ideas, all of your great ideas and your great plans and blueprints, you can empty those out. But that's a, such a struggle for us because we feel like these are good plans. I know what I'm doing. I have something that I want, and it's good. It's going to glorify God. But do you trust? Do you trust God? Because you can't trust God and trust yourself at the same time. You can't, you wanna know where it says that in the Bible? All right, Galatians 5.17 says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants, capital S Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Don't you love the Bible? even though they're good intentions, you're not free to carry them out because they're good in your eyes and what's good to your sinful nature is in opposition to what God is trying to do. And so we have to empty ourselves of that. Why? Because God has something better in store, genuinely. And that's, I think, probably the hardest thing to believe. That was the hardest thing for me to believe. I didn't believe that God had something better in store. I felt like he had something different in store, but I didn't feel like he had something better in store. God has something better in store than what you could ever imagine for yourself. He created you. He created your wiring, your preferences. And so you have these leanings to do certain things and you come up with a way to fulfill it. Not really understanding that the person who gave you those things had a way for you to fulfill it that would fulfill you. What you do with your life that pleases God will ultimately be pleasing to you. What more pleasing thing is there than to know you're pleasing God and not living in this constant tension and war with him. But when you have God on your side and you trust him as the builder, trusting the process, there's good waiting for you. I've seen this all throughout my life in these past few years. I've been in a long distance relationship. Most people hear that and they're like, oh man, Man, God bless you. (laughs) I couldn't do it. That's how I felt. I I specifically did not want a long-distance relationship. Like, specifically did not want a long-distance relationship. I had two two long-distance relationships in college, and they were just three hours from me (laughs) driving. Gabrielle is four and a half on a flight. West Coast, three hours behind. I feel you. He said, West Side. It's not what I wanted. The long distance part. But she's who I want. And I've been having to trust the process. God is working it out, though. Because she's been saying she wanted this like super nice wedding and like all this stuff. And I'm like, do you understand how expensive those are? (laughs) And she's like, I don't feel like we're going to have to worry about it. I feel like God's going to take care of it. This is the whole time. And I'm like, do you understand how transactions work? Somebody's got to give money (laughs) for things to get paid for. I'm over here like really feeling like, you're tripping. Like, I feel you. I'm all for faith, but I just, I don't see it here. I feel like faith would be like us being like, let's have faith we're going to have a great marriage without spending this money on this wedding. Let's not have a wedding and have faith that things will be amazing. Like, that's, that's, that was my idea. And she's like, nah, I feel like God's going to take care of it. And we're not going to have to worry about anything. And I'm over here like, okay. Time's the ticking and going by. And do you know, most of you guys know, but some of you guys don't know. We're getting a free wedding. <laughs> like, all the vendors are donating their services. And it's about to be beautiful. Like, exactly what she wanted. And that was a... That was mind blowing for me. Cause I'm like, I didn't even ask for this for real. Like she did. I'm over here like, God, give her wisdom. <laughs> Convince her, show her that it's not that serious. Humble her. And he's like, she's humbling herself under my mighty hand. So that in due time, in due time. I can lift her up. And so that was, a, that was a crazy thing for me. And so, you know, we've been going through and just taking it step by step. But it's about to be three and a half years. Like, we met June 2015. And we're getting married June 2019. That's four years. And that's a process. If anybody said, look, y'all about to be together for uh, three and a half years abstaining from sex for three and a half years and being long distance on the phone and doing FaceTime and all that stuff, I would have been like, no, thank you, check, please. (laughs) I would have never thought that I'd be able to make it through this long, but I've just had to empty myself, obey God by not running and trying to do my own thing but trusting the process. And then this has been the outcome. And then we're just getting started. This is just the beginning. But so I say, trust the process because God is faithful. The more you obey God, here's how it works. If you humble yourself, if you are humble, you will obey God. I mean, they just go hand in hand. It says that Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient. If you humble yourself, if you are humble, before God, you'll obey him because you're trusting the process. And the more you obey him, the more humble you will become. Why? Because you'll see how big he is. You'll see his faithfulness. You'll see how good he is. These types of experiences are what make me humble. Cause I'm like, this was not me. I can't say yay Vince, great job on throwing yourself a free wedding. <laughs> like that's not, that's not how it works. This humbles me by saying, oh, wow, okay, so just by being obedient and trusting the process and being humble before God, he'll do it. He'll build something, and he's building something beautiful. And so you obey. If you trust the process, you will be obedient. If you are obedient for long enough, you will trust the process. Somebody needs to write that down because it's going to be challenging for you the more you're obedient, you're gonna run into difficult times and challenges and stuff, but you will see God's faithfulness. So it hasn't been a cakewalk for us by any means. There have been a lot of challenges. Being in a long distance relationship is challenging. Being on the phone. Sometimes I just don't feel like being on the phone. It's like, man, if you were here, we could just like kick it, watch a movie. Can't do that. FaceTime, looking at you. Gotta think of something to talk about (laughs) right now. But it's built a real foundation of communication we can't, we can't resolve an issue without talking it through. We have to. So now we know how to talk through issues. It's not always easy, but we know how to do it. But so many people walk into marriage never building a foundation of communication because all they do was hang out all the time. Hang out, look at each other, sometimes do other things, but not building a foundation of communication, not building a foundation of friendship, not building a foundation on God. And so if you ask me, hey, do you want to date for three and a half years? I'd be like, no. And I wouldn't advise anybody to do that. But this has been my process, and I trust the process. Last thing you do in humbling yourself, how to be humble. You choose the lowest place. And so I'm going to explain that. Jesus gave a parable in Luke 14. He said to his disciples, when someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. So you choose the lowest place. And so for me, prior to this, I wasn't applying for pastor jobs. I wasn't knocking down people's doors, asking to preach. I'd only preach like three or four times before getting this job. I was in here serving, volunteering, just trusting the process. Hey, God, I feel like you're calling me to speak at some point. I feel like you're calling me to do ministry at some point. I don't know what that looks like but I'm gonna keep my head down and trust the process. And even though I've been struggling financially and I've been in this temporary job trying to figure stuff out, and I, and I feel like you called me to be here, but it's uncomfortable all the time. And I feel crazy, cause I'm trying to get married and I don't have enough money to do it. Cause I'm in this place that I feel like you've called me to be at, but I didn't think I was gonna be here this long. And then like out of nowhere, it's like, hey, you're being uh, considered to be the next fusion pastor. And I'm like, that's somebody coming up and saying, hey, Come take a seat of honor after choosing the lowest place. But there are so many people who can say, oh, I deserve this. I should be here. So y'all need to give me this position. Y'all need to give me this job. And you're going to be like, hey, take a seat over here, sir. Take a seat over here, ma'am. That's what Jesus is saying. He's literally saying, if you Choose the place of honor. The host who invited both of you might come to you and say, give this person your seat. That's what God might do to you when you're trying to put yourself in position. But when you choose the place of humility, Jesus emptied himself, took on the position of a servant. Emptied himself by taking the position of a servant. You place yourself in a position to serve people. And that's all I was trying to do with my time, with my life, was do something that's going to impact for the kingdom, that's going to impact people to get closer to Jesus. That's what I was trying to do with my time. But I didn't scratch and and grasp and reach for a position. Jesus said, uh, it says that Jesus didn't view his equality with God as something to be grasping at. He wasn't walking around being like, come on, God, exalt me, honor me, show him that I'm God says that he humbled himself by becoming obedient even to the point of death. And so I just want you to know that your process isn't going to look different than that. You might want it to. You might want your process to look nice and flashy and good, but it's going to look like a construction site. It's going to look like this. As God is building. That's a good thing. God has good for you, but it's all about your perspective. If you're constantly looking at your life feeling like you're just not enough, not good enough, not doing enough, you're going to miss it because there's always going to be a reason to feel that way. But if you can look at your life, look at those same circumstances and say, God is doing something, God is building something, I'm going to trust the process. That's how you actually have peace. Because notice, Peter says, humble yourselves, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Why are those two tied together? Because anxiety comes from focusing on yourself. It's actually a form of pride that we all experience, that I'm not doing enough, I'm not enough. The anxiety that we experience, all of us, is rooted in pride because when you humble yourself under God's mighty hand, then you know that he's in control. I'm not going to be saying, oh, the house isn't built yet. The house isn't together yet. It's only a foundation laid. It's only a frame right now. What if it rains? I'm going to say, I trust the person who's building it. I trust that God knows what he's doing. I trust that God is building something good and that he's wise enough to be thinking about all these things before I think about them. So I'm gonna cast my anxiety onto him, why? Because he cares for me. Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. This is Peter who walked on water and started falling down because he started losing faith. And Jesus reached down and said, why'd you doubt? He knew Jesus. He's like, Jesus cares for you. You can cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Before he says, humble yourselves, Peter says, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Now, that hit me hard because it's not just that God doesn't like your pride. When you are proud, God opposes you. Why? Because he's not trying to share his building process with you. It's either you're gonna let him build or you're gonna try to build. But when you take that stance, you're saying, God, I got this. And so you're actually putting yourself in opposition to what he's doing, not submitting to the process. So then God is in opposition to you it says that God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. When you take the low place, when you obey what he says, when you empty out your plans, he shows favor to you. And he says that he will lift you up in due time. Peter says that. James says that. In James 4.10, he says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. This is a running theme throughout all of scripture. This is what happened with Jesus. After he says that in Philippians, it says, therefore, about Jesus, after he had emptied himself, after he had humbled himself by becoming obedient, even to the point of death, even death on a cross, he says, therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due time, he will exalt you. Jesus modeled this for us. He emptied himself, taking on the position of a servant, humbled himself by becoming obedient even to the point of death, even death on a cross with the worst of criminals, humbled himself to that. Therefore, therefore God has highly exalted him. Even Jesus went through the process and had to trust the process. God wanted to exalt him. God wanted to glorify him. God wanted to resurrect him, but you cannot resurrect if you don't die. Everybody wants the resurrection. Nobody wants the death. But what a glorious plan that God had to resurrect Jesus from the dead, to glorify him, to give, the name, give him the name that's above every name so that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Your life is under construction Your life is not finished, but it's actively being worked on. Your life is unfinished, but it's actively being worked on by God. There is a process. You can't escape the process. He wants you to experience the process. And the less we fight against his processing, the more we can experience it. And you can even come to enjoy it. When you see what he's doing, you can enjoy these times in the process where you see what he's building in you, when you see what he's growing in you. Even for us, like I said, I I can see in hindsight and I could see in the long distance relationship, even though it's challenging, I could see, wow, we are getting pretty good at communication. Things are gonna be a lot easier when we're just talking to each other in person rather than, you know, over a phone and having to fly back and forth every month because them flights are expensive but trusting the process. And now we're about to go into a new season and I have to trust the process there too. Stepping into marriage, never been married before. But I trust the process, I trust God. And so before we leave tonight, I want us to do what we have tried a couple times and I want us to connect with each other a little bit. I want you guys to get in groups of like three to five people and talk about this. Unpack, because everybody's in a process. And part of that, if you're following Jesus, let me tell you, if you're not a follower of Christ, this does not apply to you. But if you are a follower of Christ, Jesus said that we are to be one that we are to confess to one another, that we are to pray with one another, that we are to be one as he and the Father are one. And so that's what we're doing here. If y'all can't talk to each other, you're not one. And we are not one if we can't do that. So as followers of Jesus, we're gonna unpack this a little bit and we're just gonna answer this question. In which area of your life do you find it most challenging to trust the process? Talk about it for a little bit and pray with each other. God bless. Hey, thank you for listening. We're so glad to have you as a part of our community. If you want to get connected any further, please visit FusionATL.org. You can get plugged into a small group there, and you can also send in a prayer request so that we can pray for you. Once again, thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of Fusion ATL.